it's just like a trope that like I have seen a lot. Like you know, you go to shows and there's like, I'm gonna come on emotional retirement. It's like, what do you? No one gives a fuck. Like do whatever you want to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. Um, you know, for anyone who is watching this, I uh, just wanted to give some housekeeping notes because you might be like, where are we, Spencer? What is this room? So this is one of the uh, first of few podcasts that I'm doing in uh, a brand new space. Uh, I just moved um, to a new house. So there's like you know, some establishing for shit that's going on in the walls and lighting and everything. I, I almost want to compare it to it's kind of like any local scene that has the go-to venue that shuts down. And then there's like a couple gigs in between until you're finding the right place. This is kind of one of those in-betweens, but this was a guess that I didn't want to, you know, make anything special um, to like in the in the looks side of things, I just really wanted to jump on a call with this person and, uh, and chat with them because I think what they're doing, um, with, you know, their content and just like their, um, connection to hardcore, I think is very relevant. So it is a absolute pleasure to bring on the person who arguably is the decider of who should be in mosh retirement and who shouldn't be, uh, Stanley Seavers. Uh, dude, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, you know what? Thank you for asking me. Absolutely. And um, <laughs> I, you know, extra kudos to the Terminator 2 hat that you are rocking right now. I am mad jealous because that's my favorite Terminator movie. And uh, where did you scoop that up? I got it on eBay, actually. Um, I'm always like looking for movie merch and stuff. But um yeah i knew i was like look i'm gonna be on the podcast i gotta bring some heat i gotta bring some heat i'm always wearing hats so i gotta bring some heat i gotta bring out some something from my uh from my archives you know what's the little bit on the uh on the brim there so it's universal studios it's actually like from i think it's from a ride like the terminator 2 oh, ride like back in the day okay. um but yeah it's just terminator 2 so it's pretty sick that that is very okay it's what? also got a universal it's got the universal tag which is pretty sweet oh yeah it's official this is no bootleg shit. yeah this is no bootleg type stuff <laughs> i love that um what's your favorite quote from t2 um man i don't know i don't know if there's a quote but i think maybe this isn't t2 i don't know but it's the part where sarah connor like goes up to the fence and then she sees like like the kid like herself and the kids just get blown away by fire oh like, and then oh. she turns into a skeleton <laughs> yeah exactly and it's not a quote but like it's the funniest part like it's so good mm -hmm. um i yeah, mean I love that asa la vista baby is like a household thing that people say and yeah. that's from that movie so that's pretty up there for sure um i'm trying to I also, you know, to 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 your point, it's not a quote, but it's a scene. I always think of when uh, Arnold is like smiling, and it's just like so uncomfortable yes. to look at. 
<laughs> he looks uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable to look at but uh yeah that movie is dope like i know this is a hardcore podcast and not a terminator 2 podcast um because i know i could easily talk to you about that but um yeah Stanley, I'm very excited to have you on the pod. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people tuning into this have definitely seen one of your videos, one of your TikToks. Um, and I think a goal of mine for this convo is to talk about content creation within the hardcore space, but having that come from a genuine place and being plugged into the culture um, and about it. Because there's definitely people on the flip side that use you know, hardcore as a means to just like generate clicks and likes and, and all that, but they're not going to local shows. They're not, they haven't played in bands. Um, so that's definitely a goal of mine selfishly for this podcast. Um, uh, but at, at the end of the day, like, I also think you're a dope dude and I'm stoked to, to have you on the show as a part of our roster. Man, I'm so happy you called me a dope dude. That just made me feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> dope dude needs to be on on one of yeah. your upcoming shirts um but before we <laughs> chat about anything hardcore related as you know we have to check some bevs for the show um you're reaching for something so uh yeah. you're, you're all ready to go yeah so i have a mineragua here which is this is my favorite sparkling water um you know I, it's either this or topo chico or actually a liquid death i like liquid death too but i can't really ever find it around me and like the corner store like a block away from my house always has mineragua and uh um Topo Chico so it's kind of like my go-to Mineragua is not something that we have in Canada unfortunately but I'm very intrigued because I think that there is something to be said about drinking uh I think the best beverage experience is drinking out of a glass and absolutely that is what that is and that's not flavored at all that's just like regular sparkling water Nah, so it's um so it's made by Haritos. It's like the same company that makes like you would you would find you go to like a Mexican spot like they have right. like all those flavors. Um, but yeah, it's in a bottle and it is like it's a very spicy water. It is mm. like it's very strong, which is what I like. Uh, yeah. I want it to hurt, you know. I want it to feel like <laughs> I want it to great like feel grating as I you know drink it down, mm -hmm. and it definitely does that for me. It's really funny because I know like I'm a big Liquid Death head myself, and I know. Um, this is going way, way back in the podcast, but we had Sticks, um, who's the VP of lifestyle marketing on the show. And he was saying that a lot of people like their sparkling water specifically because it's not as spicy. Like the the CO2 amount mm -hmm. isn't as crazy. So you theoretically could down it. Um, but yeah, like certain other sparkling waters, or even Topo Chico, it's like, I have to pace myself because if I don't, I'm just going to be like, belching almost vomiting if, yeah, if i exactly if i push myself they have topo chico in canada um i actually have a little bit of uh grievance with them because the only spot that i was able to get it in a glass um only orders them in like plastic bottles now and oh, i don't even want ew. to touch that with a 10 foot no bottle. that's gross dude it, don't touch that plastic shit yeah it's a bev it's a bev sin if anything yeah, I agree. I don't, I can't, I can't be drinking something out of a, out of a plastic bottle. You yeah. know, you're not going to find me sipping on a, some microplastic yeah. like that. No, sir. Um, so beverage wise for me, you know, special podcast in my opinion. So I want to bring a special Bev. So this is a local, um, craft soda company called Annex. And the, uh, flavor is Saskatoon Whoa. lemonade. That's sick. As because you're you're based in California, correct? Mm -hmm. Do you know what a Saskatoon is? 
No, I've been to Saskatoon though. You've been to Saskatoon. Okay, even yeah. better. So, well, so they have Saskatoon for for the uneducated is a small little town in Saskatchewan, Canada. But Saskatoon berries, in my opinion, are like the goaded berries of all time. If you've Whoa. ever had Saskatoon jam, it's like the only thing I want on toast at all times of the year. That's it's cool. kind of like it if you combine blueberries taste-wise, but also taste. Uh, t- it's like you combine all the good things of blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries, but it's like it's all it's very hard to explain but it's it's hella good whenever you're back up here i'll make sure whenever is the first time that we get to link up i'll make sure i bring some (laughs) saskatoon jam for you yeah i'm a a big i'm a big berry guy myself as well i love i love some some fruits and and berries you know Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna be checking that and i am oh man i i clipped my nails just before this and i'm just like struggling to get this <laughs> out and and ready to go there we go oh you got the bottle opener everything. yes sir all right well stanley thanks for coming on dude i'm really stoked to do this yeah me too oh dude that is so good um and also a little bit of a calgary plug as well so shout out to annex um so Stanley, I don't know if you've checked out other episodes of this podcast or kind of know how the initial part of this show works, but any new guests, I like to get a little bit of context about how they just discovered hardcore, how they got into this whole, you know, subculture that we all like, you know, is second nature to us. So tell me like the first time that you were like discovering this and what put you on your path specifically. Yeah, I mean, so I think like I started going to local shows when I was like maybe 13, 12 or 13. Um, I didn't really have a lot of friends at my school, but I did have a few, the only friends I had were older than me and they were in like local bands, but you know, they weren't in like hardcore bands. They were in just kind of like local, like alt rock bands, like, you know, just like beep, beep, boop, boop, like just weird, like right. weird local band stuff, you know, but at the time I was like, this is so cool, you know? So I go to their shows and like every now and then I remember, I, I vividly remember like bands would jump on these local shows, like a touring band would last minute. I think like um, one of the first like hardcore bands I saw that was like a touring, touring band was Go It Alone. Um, Go It Alone jumped on a show at this like YMCA. And at the time I was pretty much exclusively listening to like Corn and like Slipknot and like and Disturbed. Right. And I was like, you know, I pretty much everything was like, this is heavy, but it, you know, this is cool, but it doesn't really sound like corn or like, you know, whatever. Like I was like very <laughs> right. much like I compared everything to corn. Yeah. And uh, so this where's band, the dreads, man. <laughs> exactly, dude. I was like, I was like, I don't know, dude, corn is pretty sick. System of down rocks. Like this stuff is like fine, I guess. But then I saw them live and I was like, holy shit. Like they were fast and then they were like heavy and they were super tight. And um, I remember getting like their CD and I just like, I would play it in my, in my Walkman cause I'm 31. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd play it in my Walkman and I would just like, at first I didn't get it. And I'd be like, Oh man, but I want to really get this. So I just kept listening to it over and over again. And then I like, right. like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. And then I think around that time is when I first saw, like, I think my first big like concert, I saw like unearth and, uh, a life once lost and Nora. And that's like more like metalcore, you know, but 
at the time, I don't know how old you are, but at the time, like metal and hardcore were kind of like the same, like bleeding through is like a hardcore band sort of, right. you know, like, yeah. Unearth definitely like early unearth stuff. It's like, Oh, these are just like standard hardcore breakdowns today. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I was doing that. And then, you know, I think like from there I transitioned into like, as bands came through and were touring, like I got to know people that were more like into cool stuff and they started like putting me on to things. And then I would go, I had one friend that would drive me to shows that were like hours away. And I was like 15 or 16. And he was like, you know, probably like late twenties or so, I don't know, or maybe mid twenties, but he was like, he was just super cool. Like he would take me and anyone that wanted to go to a show like two hours away. And then he would drive us back. I'd get home at like 2 a.m. And my parents like didn't care at all. You know, they, they were, my parents are very much just like, do whatever you want, as long as you're not doing drugs, you know? <laughs> so at the time I was straight edge at the time. So they were like, that kind of like alleviated any like tensions for them. They're like, okay, as long as he's not doing drugs, like it's right. fine, whatever. <laughs> right. You know, he's like hanging out with these like weirdos, like that's fine, but you know, whatever. I didn't, but I didn't know what I was doing. I would wear like a comeback kid t-shirt and then I'd like, I'd have like a pair of jeans on and I just like, before I'd go to a show, I'd just like duct tape an upside down cross on my fucking jeans. And I'd be like, <laughs> like, yes, dude. Like, this is what it's all about, bro. Like fucking yes. Like I would just be like, so I didn't know what I was doing. I think a lot of people, when you first start getting into something, you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I like, I don't have any friends. Like these people are weird, you know, and no right. one gave a shit, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I also got to know, um, this guy his name was Anthony Pointer and he was like a little bit older but he was like a vegan straight edge guy mm-hmm. that he was kind of like dumpster diving and like all this stuff that I'd never heard of before I was like what do you mean like and he was straight edge and like I don't know he like put me onto like zines and all this stuff so I, I kind of got into more like I listened to bands like Tragedy and and like Coalesce and like bands like that like from him um, and then ended up sort of meeting through local shows, like starting hardcore bands that weren't very good. Like I met like some good friends that they, we started a band called Dead Icons together and they were older than me, like four years older than me. And so they put me on to a lot of bands um, and they would like give me their old shirts and stuff. Mm. And so that's kind of how it started, I think. And I went to a lot of shows like around, I'm from Kentucky originally. So I went to a lot of shows in like Cincinnati, like Indiana, Nashville, you know, like everywhere. And and I think especially like in Cincinnati, I would see, I'd go to like see Suffocate Faster all the time. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah, they're sick. Um, but yeah, like I, I just, Louisville, I'd go to Louisville a lot. Um, but that's kind of how it started for me, just like being weird and like going to see shows like i'd go to a show like a local show like a hardcore band would play a guy with like a theremin machine would be like wow 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 like (laughs) like, you know after that and then i would like then i'd go outside and like i'd see somebody selling like i don't know if this is what it's like for you like but it was like early like no there was like no really like internet type shit Mm. so you just go to a show and there'd be someone selling like medieval jewelry and then like a hardcore band would play there's like a theremin guy maybe there's like a rapper <laughs> it was like so weird like where i'm from because like it's kentucky you know like i was right. in a big city but sure this, and 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 just so i understand the timeline correctly this is all like pre-knock loose like like when you think of when people hear kentucky or louisville or any of those places now that that band helped like 
not like put it well a they did put that scene on the map for a lot of places because a lot of people are like why the fuck would yeah. i go to kentucky like the amount of people that probably thought the like i will never go to anything hardcore related in kentucky and now it's the total flip where everyone's like planning their ldb stuff throughout the year um mm-hmm. so it's the all that but all this stuff for you was all happening pre oh like, yeah knock loose that. is like knock loose i think they started being a band right when my band stopped doing stuff like right probably like i don't know exactly like i don't know them personally but i've like talked with some of them here and there just on the internet like um i really like their band and I like what they've done for Kentucky. And that, that was always like my goal to do with my band, except we just like effed everything up. And like, <laughs> like, we just made like every wrong decision you could make as a band. And like, we didn't know, dude, like, I think a lot of people that are from scenes that have like bands that have already been there mm-hmm. benefit from knowledge being passed down. Meanwhile, like we were the first hardcore band from Lexington, I think. And we were just like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, right. We're just going to do whatever. And like, yeah, we'll get this guy to design some shirts who designs like metalcore shirts for our, like yeah. this doesn't make any sense. But like, <laughs> we just had no concept of branding or anything. And why would we, you know? So, yeah, this is all pre knock loose and pre, I think, knock loose. Um, they did it man. the right way. <laughs> yeah, they, I do. Like, yeah. I do think that. Oh, hang on one second. Sure. Sorry, I was I was getting batteries dropped off, and I realized that this there's a lock on this door, and it, it's happened before where it's swung open and it's like locked on itself. But luckily, it's one of those locks that I can just like you know, I yeah. just did this on the podcast. Whoops. Damn, dude. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but what I was gonna what I was trying to say, it sounds like for you, it was like a lot of people that kind of like saw the interest in you and helped like kind of like walk you through some of the like i'm gonna take you to shows i'm gonna show you these bands i'm gonna like show you these things that are part of the culture in addition to the music and Mm -hmm. i think that's like so crucial it was so crucial for me as well as um like when i was getting into the shit almost 10 years ago and i just i like to bring it up and remind people that like you know just because we have things like the internet now we're not like you know, everyone's got Spotify or Apple podcasts and not Walkman's like, you know, I I had one of those myself as well. Um, but at the same time, it's like, there is something to be said about you, you being a quote unquote old head and seeing a kid who's like just starting to come to shows and seeing that spark in them and like, you know, starting a band with them or like, mm-hmm. you know, just like bringing like, if you see that they're just being dumb and standing right where the mosh pit is happening and they are like you know 90 pounds like pulling pulling them up on stage so they can get a different vantage point like whatever like situation that you find yourself where it's like oh i can act and maybe give this person a good experience is like that speaks volumes because it's you know it's so apparent when people come on the podcast and they talk about their early experiences there's always like a couple things that to that person then probably just seemed like it's whatever, but it, it really goes a long way. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, like, I, like I said, I didn't really have any friends my age. All my friends were like four or five years older than me. Yeah. And like, you know, you would just go to shows and then we'd be like, dude, look at that guy. Like he's got padlocks in his ears and he's <laughs> moshing super hard. What's that band shirt he's wearing? Like 
yeah, breed. Absolutely. Whoa. Yeah, like, yeah. What the hell is that? And then you go home and you're like, hate breed. You're like, what the heck is this? You know? <laughs> and then like, yeah. yeah. And then I don't know. I do think that the one thing that I I really I think helped me a lot is when I would I would go like to Best Buy and like buy a CD. This sounds like the oldest conversation of all time. Like, it's, <laughs> dude, I, sound I like turned thirty right now. in January, so I, I'm right okay, behind you're in the same you. Bit. So, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I sound fucking ancient right now, but it's like, dude, this was like three <laughs> years ago. Like, everyone needs to calm down. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I buy like a record. I buy like a CD, like a terror CD from Best Buy, and I'm like on the way home, just be like reading all the lyrics and trying to like memorize them as much as I can. But like, mm-hmm. you don't really get that now, you know? Like, you can you can still find the lyrics, but it's like getting it in your hand is like really different you know? or like ordering right. something from like, like a merch catalog or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's different. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people can be nostalgic and, and think like, Oh, these were the glory days, but like, it's so apparent now that like, even though the culture has changed as far as like discovering new music, you're not just like going to a Best Buy or, an HMV and just blo- and just choosing something off of the for fans of or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the the rate at which you can discover new music is just at an all time high. Obviously, there's tons of great bands that get suggested and some that just don't hit. Um, but I do think that there is, I don't there is. I think the awareness has built, but I do agree that it's like the galvanization of like getting someone to like be a lifer so to speak mm-hmm. not just like oh i saw like the you know the tsunami house show video on the internet and i want to come check it out like you know it needs there are certain tried and true things um that will make someone like okay like i'm gonna base you know it's that meme it's like all right i'm gonna base my entire personality yeah, and lifestyle about this for the next 20 years yeah this is it for me now i think like you know and there was a time in my life when i was like this is it you know, like when I was touring, I was like, all I'm going to do, I'm going to tour till I'm 30 and then I'm going to manage bands. Or I'm going to book bands. Like, and that was like my plan. And, you know, like, obviously that didn't happen, but like right. that, and, and it was my life. And granted, that was the only thing that I, that was the only thing that I found like accepted by was like this weird, like community. Mm-hmm. And I was like angry, like all the time, you know what I mean? Like, I just like, I don't know, like I'm a, I'm an adult man and like, you know, I'm emotionally stunted probably like at the time, like, you know, we like, I don't know. We don't always know how to like express our emotions. And at the time, like, just because of the way I grew up, like I was just super angry and like, didn't really know have an outlet for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, here's this outlet. I can go like, yeah. Like that guy's like yelling about the same thing that I am, you know? Right. And then, yeah, I just, it, I think I don't even know where I was going with that, but no, I, I, I think somewhere. I think it's really like finding a a way to express yourself um, in a way that you just wouldn't nor you wouldn't normally be able to in like, you know, you're not going to be like doing any of that shit at like a work event or like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, uh, things like that. I, I think hardcore for me is about like owning that you are angry about something and then like. Um, this is how you can like make a change or this is how Mm -hmm. you can like take that fuel and like put it into something positive. And, you know, like there's tons of bands that are just like ultra negative about stuff. And I feel like there, you know, you need a scale uh, that you Mm -hmm. can kind of like, you know, figure out where you fall into. But I think 
for the most people listening to this podcast, as well as, you know, anyone that like calls themselves self a hardcore kid, I think it's like, for me, it's given me like a direction and if anything, confidence to be able to like stand up to shit I don't agree with or like mm-hmm. do shit that like, you know, everyone else in my life would be like, that's stupid. That's a waste of time. You can't do that. Cause like, I truly believe that without hardcore, I wouldn't have had the confidence to hit up someone that I saw like a funny TikTok and be like, Hey, like, let's, you know, do a podcast together or any of the <laughs> other like bigger guests that I've had here on the show. So if anything, it just has helped, you know, put sales in my ship and, you know, course correct, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, I, I agree, man. I think that like I, Hardcore gave me a lot of confidence, especially like when I first started touring, because like I was very, I think I was very um, awkward, like as a person. And we like would book the first tour we ever did, like we booked through MySpace. And the reason why I I started doing the tour, first of all, that's a funny sentence, like booking it through MySpace. Like (laughs) once again, and and a straight up, like that's like a fossilized sentence that you would like scrape the dust off of in like an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. But like, But I would do so like that. What you were saying is like a hardcore gave me the the confidence to do things that other people would be like, this is a bad idea or whatever. Yeah. So that was like I was right as I was getting done with high school. I was like trying I was like looking at colleges and stuff. And I was like, man, this just doesn't really feel right. And then my friends like asked me like, hey, we want to start a band. But like the the specific goal of this band is to tour like we're going to engineer our lives in such a way that we can tour like we'll do whatever job or like set up our living situation in such a way where like we can tour mm-hmm. and um that's like what we're going to dedicate to like 100 percent. and i was like i'm in like i just didn't even think about it i was like i'm doing it and then i was like hey mom and dad like <laughs> like my parents were divorced at the time so i had to like go to each person separately but I was like hey uh i'm not gonna go to college like i'm just gonna like tour in this band and i think at first my dad like was he did not get it which is like any parent would be scared, right? You know, right. like this kid's like going to go out doing what? My mom was like, she was scared, but I think she was like very supportive, but it gave me the confidence. And then as we're on tour, every day, I feel like I got to meet new people. I was in a new city and we are coming up with all these like new situations, like your van breaks down or you're like staying at some weird person's house. And it like, you start to understand who you are as a person by being thrown into all these insane situations. And you're like, oh, okay, like, I don't really like the way I I reacted to that, or I didn't really like the way that this person was, or like, right. I really liked the way that this person was, or I really liked this. And it it started like getting out of my bubble, like really helped me, I think, develop like as a person Mm -hmm. and also just interpersonally, like talking to people, like every day I'd be selling merch and like talking to like 20 to 30 people every day. Like how many, how many things in your life are you going to do where you meet 20 to 30 people, new people every single day, you know, like, yeah. 20 Nothing. to 30 people that either you have some form of connection with. You're not yeah. like just slinging coffees at a Starbucks or whatever, where right. it's like the only the only fucking thing is you want coffee and I'm conditioned by my job to give it to you or whatever right. it is. Like, yeah. you know, there 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 might be certain scenarios where, you know, you work at like, you know, a skate shop or a camera store. So there's like something there. But that's all like transactional and i guess you could argue you know you're slinging merch that's transactional as well but like i think we can all agree that like doing that versus like this business it's like that's way more community focused Mm -hmm. and like 
we all, we all know the money from that merch is just going to go fill the tank yeah. to get to the next show. It's I'm negative. I'm negative big time. I'm negative. <laughs> I'm like, I am in the red so hard. Like, uh, um, yeah. so, uh, you know, you mentioned dead icons as far as a band that you were, uh, that you were in, but another, uh, aha that we realized before we were getting going is you played in a band called Call to preserve as well, which yeah. for me being a face down kid growing up, um, I was like, that is crazy. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about your time in that band? Yeah. So we, so dead icons did a tour and then like we played a show with Gravemaker, that's shout out Canada. Gravemaker, um, sorry to cut you off, was my very first, like I was mentioning before, just like close my eyes and pick, like I picked a Gravemaker CD. Is like, I think it's Lost at Sea. Mm -hmm. with, with the face the, on the front. With the face on the front. And my yeah. mom was like concerned. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, what, what is, is this, this thing you're bringing home? But it's wild too now because you know uh shout out to cole young um cole also shout uh, out to cole young for me oh you fuck with cole young i fuck with cole young yeah we, that's so we did a sick. bunch of stuff with Gravemaker over time yeah yeah okay so um yeah cole cole was like back when this podcast was not over zoom and the pandemic hadn't even hit yet like he was jordan can you pull up what episode he was i want to say it was like episode 11 but um he is like one of my favorite people from from Calgary. He's like super talented when it comes to not only like guitar but also his like beats that he does. And uh, yeah, getting to talk to him about Grave. So I love that you're bringing up Gravemaker. Yeah, that's, that's a big plus for me as a Canadian. Gravemaker is great. I mean, they like we played a show with them. Like we randomly jumped on a show with them. Like we didn't have an agent or anything at the time. We didn't even have a label. Like, and Bailey was like, "Hey, do you want me to like book you guys? Like, I have like a, a run of a week in Florida that you can do with great with um, Call the Preserve." And we were like, "Oh yes!" He's like, yeah, "I can get you like a hundred bucks a night." And we're like, "We fucking made it! Like a hundred bucks a night! Oh my god, dude! Like we are killing it! Like you know." And so we did the tour, and so we met them and everything, and then like a little while later, like we we I just stayed in touch with them, and then. Mm -hmm. Like they asked me if I wanted to do this. The first time I filled filled in for them was a um uh it was a it was a Donnybrook call the preserve Vania Stand United tour. Wow, yeah. that's stacked. Yeah. So I did so I did the it was like a almost I think it was like a three week or maybe a full US. Mm -hmm. Um but that was the first one I did with Call the Preserve and like um at the time, it was like I was a fill-in, like the drummer was a fill-in, and then the singer and guitarist were like original members. Got you. Um, which also, like one of my best friends now used to play drums in Seven Star and Call the Preserve, and he like lives out here. He's an actor now as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we I did the tour. I started did that tour with Call the Preserve, um, which like Donnie Brook was like one of my favorite bands because I was like big into eulogy stuff like right. early on, and then um, did that tour. And then I started doing a couple other ones. I did like a full US with them and some Vania or something. Oh, you did another two with Vania. And then we did like an album release for like their most recent called Reserves, like recent like album, like recent as in like 2012. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> recent as of 10 years ago <laughs> yeah recent as of like over a decade basically but yeah so i did that for i was like switching off dead icons and called reserve tours and then like 
on my time my downtime i would work at jimmy john's um like picking up shifts like my whole band survived from working at jimmy john's we would just pick up people's shifts and actually have you heard of Emerosa? oh yes Emerosa. of course yeah of course so we grew up with they're also from lexington we grew up with them okay and our both of our bands basically survived by like when they would go on tour we would pick up all of their shifts at jimmy john's <laughs> And then when when we would go on tour, they would pick up all of our shifts at Jimmy John's. So, so we would like those bands yeah. could not both be on tour at the same time because that Jimmy John's would be vacant. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is like no one wanted to work at that Jimmy. Like all the we just worked with a bunch of just like like electric, you know, like DMT festival like people. They were just like, wow, and they would always just call out all the time. And so we would get like I could get home from tour and work like 50 hours a week for two weeks and then leave again like and our manager was just like you guys can as you can pick up shifts you know i'll give you whatever you can he was very supportive of us damn but every, literally everyone in our band worked at jimmy john's it was insane that is crazy um yeah uh jordan dropped in the doc that uh cole young was episode five wow and we're over 210 at, at this point when That's this wild. podcast drops. So he's a very real one for coming on very, very early. Uh, so shout out to Cole Young and shout out to Gravemaker. Um, that's so sick that you that you know them. Um, yeah. So I, I want to make sure that we, you know, I, I'm loving the vibes of this combo, but I want to make sure that we hit on uh, all the stuff when it comes to uh, your shit. So, you know, we've talked a lot about like, discovering hardcore you playing in bands and all this stuff um talk to me about when like the idea of because you're like you've got your hands in a lot of shit like you're doing comedy stuff you're an actor you're a filmmaker direct like you, like you got like a a profile and you've got a, a long you know you have a long linkedin title i will say yeah that. so like when did the initial like have you always been doing stuff growing up or did was there a certain point like being the goofy dude on tour like tell me about some of those things yeah i mean i think that like i i it's hard to say i think i started to find out like being like funny it was like a thing like on tour um and then so after my band stopped doing stuff it was kind of like abruptly and i i was like a really big like it was really depressing for me like I spent like a year basically like I went from working to at Jimmy John's to like just do this tour thing into like now I'm just like working at Jimmy John's I live in my mom's basement literally I'm playing Call of Duty like every night till like 5 a.m and I'm like so sad and I literally had no idea what I was gonna do I was like I, I can't like do this like for forever you know like I I I thought I was gonna be doing this band like this was my dream you know oh right. man this band was my dream and um so I, I after about a year i was like i gotta do something so i started like i was interested in filmmaking and i so i made a couple like short films like in lexington and i basically used all the actors that exist there and then i was like i gotta move somewhere so i moved to chicago um and then i started to, i wasn't really interested in like acting or like comedy stuff per, per se i was really interested in like directing because i i would like go like before i moved from kentucky like after i did the band I would like randomly PA on certain things here. Like I would go and like work on like a, like I had a friend who put me on who was like older than me and he worked at an ad agency and he would like 
hired me as like a PA here and there, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Hmm. So I was like, Oh wait, if I just learned how to do it, that guy with like that camera is doing, like, I don't have to like get a, I don't have to go to school, like college. Like I was doing everything I could to avoid that. And I was like, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> so moved to Chicago and that's, and I started taking improv classes because I, um, I just wanted to meet actors and um, I just wanted to like have fun. And so I started taking classes at, I took classes at Second City and IO Chicago, which is like, IO is a place where you like a lot of like SNL folks, like kind of, you know, got started and then Annoying Chicago, which is kind of like the hardcore venue of comedy theaters, like in Chicago. And wait, I was wait, there. For, what do you, what do you mean? Hardcore venue of comedy? Yeah. So break that like, down for me. Yeah. So I think like Annoyance Theater is like a place where you would see like improv shows, stand-up shows, plays, but they were like, like alt, like they're not like sure. more, they're not always like audience friendly. It's like, people are just kind of like, it's not something where you could like a tourist is going to walk off the street necessarily to go see, like they might go see a second city show, you know, like Annoyance show is more like, I don't know, like just it's not that they're like they're just kind of like raunchy i guess or not like not necessarily raunchy in like a sexual way but just like like anything can happen kind of yeah and it was like very much like people like working things out a lot of times like people would just go and like fuck around at annoyance and then like they would still be doing things at other theaters but like annoyance would be like the place where you can go and like the way they teach comedy and like improv is very much like creating characters and like being creating like this this idea of like a character and like holding strong to the character and then filtering everything through that like point of view mm-hmm. which is like what i have which is what i i feel like i learned the most about like doing comedy wise because like that's what made sense to me so it's like okay like uh, this is like getting into the minutia of like comedy like improv stuff but like dude we're here for it okay so like share all the minutia. okay so um all right. So let's say like, if I'm, if you're doing improv and you're like walking into a scene, you obviously you have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. So an easy way to like get started. And it's kind of like cheat code almost, which like people that are like, when you get good at us, you doing a lot is like, I'm just going to pick a thing. Like the thing is like, maybe like my thing is like my guy, like my, whoever my guy is like, he like really wants to watch like Terminator. And I don't, maybe I don't like reveal that up front. And so someone's like, oh, you're having a good day. And you're like, oh, you know, it's like not that great. It could be better, you know, like, and you just kind of like, and then so maybe I just know that about myself that I just want to watch Terminator. Maybe I'll say it at some point, but like knowing that like my character wants to watch Terminator will inform like other things. So like, Mm. like, okay, cool. Like, I don't want to go out to a movie because like, I want to stay in or like whatever. And it's like, oh, like, have you seen this movie? Like, nah, I don't know. It's just not like enough action. Like there's not enough like trucks, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> there's not enough like trucks and stuff like that, like going off. And so it's like over time, you're like, wait, I think this guy's just like talking about Terminator. Like he just, his, right. His, like whole personality. So you kind like, of just like on, like you're kind of like peeling a, an orange that yeah. doesn't come off at, at in one just give. You don't give yeah, like, it all away at once. Exactly. And then like the, some other things you can do or you can pick like an emotion. And so like, whatever they say, I'm going to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go from there. So like, Oh, we're going to Disneyland. I'm like, man, what the fuck? You know? Like, <laughs> so it's like, these are like cheat codes and things. So you learn how to create characters like really easily. Sure. And then I started doing like 
solo character work, which is like what you would do to audition for SNL, which like a lot of people get to audition to SNL in Chicago. I never did. Mm. Um, but basically like you do like characters that are like, you know, one to two minutes, you're on stage by yourself and you're like, yeah, this is a guy who blank or you just start doing it. And you, you like, sorry, through. would you say that or would they throw a character at you and you have to just do it on the spot? So you, you would write them and perform them. Um, okay. So for example, like some characters that I used to do that I, I don't perform live very much anymore, but like one guy, like a character is like, I was like, I would just say like, this is a guy who sounds like NASCAR when he's watching NASCAR and he's just like, it's <laughs> just like some like redneck guy or whatever, but it's like stupid shit like that. Or like, I had another character that was like a guy that he was like getting kicked out of like an aquarium because he just like was pissed that like all the kids are getting to touch like the, like the, what are those, what are those things called? They're like slippery in the water. <laughs> manatees uh, or something. He was like, oh, these, <laughs> yeah, he's like, all these kids are touching the manatees and they're not coming over to me. And he's like getting mad. And like, it's like the stuff like that. I would write characters like that perform them live, like perfect them a lot and then do like these like showcases. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where I got started doing that. I never did the stand up really, but I guess I consider that stand like you just, you're still standing up there and like, you know, I've done characters with like a microphone, you know, a lot of the times you're not doing them with a microphone. Right. Um, but that, so I did improv, did that. And then I was at the same time, I was like making a lot of like comedy videos, like sketch videos with like friends and whatnot there. Yeah. And just like writing a lot um and i was there for like four years so i was doing that a lot and then moved to new york uh, my wife and i like met and then we moved to new york like a year later and so i continued to do that there like perform and like shoot stuff um mm -hmm. and i just it never it literally never occurred to me to make to make anything making fun of hardcore <laughs> and I yeah think but that, like it, it's really it's really cool for me to hear all this backstory and thought when it comes to it because I totally understand now how all the stuff that you're doing with the stuff, the content that you're doing now is like, yeah, these are all just characters that mm -hmm. we would meet at, at a show at, or like have been that person at a show. For sure. Um, Absolutely. I, I think like the, the one, the one, um, and, and we'll, we'll get into the, like the whole, like understanding the culture and respecting that in, in a bit here. But like, I think the one, piece that i'm like oh like stanley gets it was your um harassing the photographer after the show because as someone that films you know hardcore bands um and and you know like jordan uh who produces the show like just got back um from filming this fest in in minneapolis it's like when are you gonna post it mm -hmm. when are you gonna post and i'm like sitting on so much shit and granted there are so many people that are so you know understanding and patient but like the impatient person I've dealt with far too many times. Yeah. And, uh, and some of the things that you're like, as soon as it was like trying to leave and then grabbing the keys, I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, no one's <laughs> ever done that. But I felt hostage in that way. So many, yeah. so many times. But they're so. like punishing you, you know, like, and, and here's the thing, like that comes from like, I have felt that before. Like, you're like, man, I, I know there's a picture of me that's really cool. And I really want them to post it. But like, I'm not going to ask them like, maybe I will. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to ask them. That would be like super annoying. Right. And it's like, sometimes it's just like, I, I'm like, what if this person like just took this too far, you know, like that, <laughs> that would be like pretty funny if they took right. it too far, you know? Yeah. Um, can I, can I tell you one uh, serendipitous hardcore photo story? 
and then yeah. we'll jump back to this. So, um, uh, as someone that grew, you know, you mentioned, you know, the dude, you, you wearing the comeback kid shirt and, and with the, the jeans and the upside down cross that with the duct tape. So like being from Winnipeg, I grew up on comeback kid. That's like my hometown hero band. Um, it's been really cool now to like meet those guys and play shows with them. And now it's like, we're just friends and I've been able to have four members of that band now on the podcast. So it's like, That's you know, cool. yeah. Um, so the very first, this is like years ago. This is in like 2018. Um, I, a scoped had just started and, um, I was filming them and, you know, novice Spencer filming. I ran my, uh, ran my memory card up and it was like Mm -hmm. during wake the dead last song, big, you know, hometown, everyone's going nuts. So I was kind of bummed, but then I was like, well, I can either just stand here and be bummed during, you know, arguably the most legendary comeback kid song ever, or I could just go off and just have a blast. So there was a moment where I, I put my camera down and I was stage diving. And then there's like, you know, everyone like put their hands up for like the last chorus and there was this shot that got captured and it, it just was constantly used on their Instagram feeds all the time. And everyone would always send it to me like, yeah, I know, I know that's me. And then uh, when COVID happened, uh, there was a brewery in Winnipeg that did this like benefit um, beer kind of in collaboration with Comeback Kid to help raise money for a lot of Winnipeg venues. And the photo that they used was that. And uh, when I had Goose on the podcast, I'll see if I can, I have it back here. So for all the video people, you, I, I've told this story before, but that's me. Oh, that's sick. And then there's <laughs> there's Goose in the back. So when I had Goose on the podcast, I showed him the, the, the can and he was like, that's you? So we had this funny moment. <laughs> Fast forward, uh, my band Endgame played and opened with uh, Open for Comeback Kid. And it was like the exact same thing. I was like, I need to stage dive to Wake the Dead, not to you know, because of this thing, it was just like, I just handed my camera off and it was like the same, like we almost recreated the photo like three or four years later. Um, so yeah, I'll give plugs to Joey who snapped the first pick and then my buddy Cole who snapped the other, but, um, to, to, to quickly transition back, it's, it is very funny where there's almost a bit of an expectation of like, I saw your flash pop when I did this cool spin mm-hmm. kick move or whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you do this stuff in Chicago, um, you meet your now wife and you move to New York and now you're, uh, in California. So like you've been around and moved to a lot of hot places that have, people that are like doing different filmmaking or, you know, creative Mm -hmm. careers. So was that move uh, to the West coast, like for that specifically, or were there other things at play? Yeah. So we were in New York, we were in New York for two years and then COVID happened. And then Mm -hmm. like my wife lost her job. Like we couldn't live on what I made alone. So we moved to Richmond, Virginia, actually. Oh, okay. My wife's from Richmond. So she's like, Mm -hmm. she's aware of like hardcore and like she has been to shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but so we lived in Richmond for two years and then we just like kind of got bored. And then we moved out here because we didn't want to move back to New York because also it was like pretty insane, like cost wise there, like also because during COVID and like, you know, especially even now too, it's crazy. Like just rents and everything are super high. So we moved out here because we always wanted to live out here. 
and like at this point like most of my friends in the world like live here like all my comedy friends from chicago have moved here like a lot of my new york friends have moved here like it's it's just crazy so and it's just better for like writing and like acting stuff like directing it's just like everyone i've ever worked with is here and you know you can make stuff anywhere but you're not really around other people that can that can be like hey like you should do this thing with me because you live here you know whatever this kind of like the blink 182 situation mm-hmm. um but that couldn't have happened anywhere else if i didn't live in la you know right yeah and that's definitely a talking point that we'll get to very soon uh on this interview but um going back to what you said like there there wasn't like uh like initial thought to like oh let let me goof on the the things within hardcore that like anyone who's been in it for long enough knows about. And as I said at the very beginning of this podcast, like my goal is to a selfish goal of mine is like to have it where it's like, hey, you could be a like as corny as it sounds, a content creator within the scene, but to do so and have it be genuine, like you need to like do other things as far mm-hmm. as just being a hardcore person. It's the same for me doing this podcast or thinking about doing anything outside of like, you know, normal band stuff. So when at, at what point, you know, you're doing all these like skits with friends, like, you know, that you're like, Oh, like maybe I do something related to like that because like, when did that idea cross your mind or did you hesitate at all to, to even start doing that? Yeah. So I, I definitely hesitated for, um, for a while like i i'd thought about it maybe like i thought about it kind of like maybe like a year ago um but i didn't really do it until i don't know maybe like a couple like not that long after i moved to la because i i would basically i have a friend like my friend will shout out to will woods um he he and i like make stuff a lot of together like in chicago and you know now here but so we'll meet up and like i'll film some stuff for him he'll film some stuff for me like help each other out like notes and whatnot yeah but so i knew i was meeting up with him to film some stuff and i had some characters ready and then i was like i had this idea for the first like mosh retirement guy because like it's just like a trope that like i have seen a lot like you know you go to shows and there's like "Mm, come on mosh retirement it's like what do you no one gives a fuck like do whatever you want to do like (laughs) why is this is such like why does this need to be announced like it's so funny like and and so i was like i'm just going to do this character because like i knew that I was like, okay, I knew that I'll make like the hundred people I know from hardcore laugh, like on my Instagram, like, sure. I didn't really know. I didn't expect it to like go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally just thought I was like, oh, this will be funny for like the hundred people that, you know, I yeah, know. Yeah. Like for the homies. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to, I'm just going to make one for the homies. Cause I've been writing other characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it like just went crazy. Like, and on TikTok and like Twitter and like Instagram and like it, it blew up and then I was like oh shit like I gotta do more of this stuff like I didn't realize that there was like a a want for people to clown on like hardcore because I think maybe maybe because like when I was into it I don't think like at the time I mean you're probably old enough to you're old we're the same age basically so like it wasn't always like very cool to like be self-aware and like clown on things in hardcore you know like Right. You would have like Rick to life on a horse and you're like, Oh, that's funny. But it's like, you couldn't like make fun of like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have like, dude, I'm just like, I'm going like, I'm going back. Like Rick to life on a horse is like an old shit, like reference, you know, but like, 
there's stuff like that that was like funny but you wouldn't have anything that was like more self-aware like ripping on this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i think i all i hesitated for a long time because i was like oh people are gonna think i'm like corny by doing this because i saw things that were corny like i saw people doing like corny stuff about it and like i don't know i don't want to be like i don't want someone to like think that i'm corny or like and i'm sure people out there do i mean they're they tell me they do so it's fine <laughs> but like i know they exist but right right um but like, I just didn't want, I didn't want to come off as like disingenuous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I just stopped giving a shit. And I was like, I think this is funny. I'm going to make this. And then that kind of like that one video started it. And then I was like, oh, I already know how to make videos. I know how to edit stuff. I know like how to create characters and how to like write things and pace things out that it's like interesting to watch. Right. So I've been doing it for like 10, you know, seven years or whatever. Like, so I'm just going to keep doing this. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like why I, why I got into it and I was like I, I would make shit that was like the photographer one was actually one that I was like I don't know if anyone will get this like this seems like very niche to me that I think this is funny and that one proved I was like oh shit like people actually want to see this like super weird niche like making fun of this stuff so it right. kind of just like that gave me permission to like yeah because anyone in like you know who who goes to like I was using a very easy trope, like who goes to raves, they would be, they'd be like, I don't understand this, but I feel like there are certain, that's the thing for me. Like I get like random comments every once in a while being like, I could really do without like these Bev check intros uh, on the podcast. And I'm like the, I feel like that as a niche has like helped separate us from any other, like, like hardcore podcast because yeah. it's like, Oh, scoped exposure. Yeah. Bev check. And, and, and hardcore it's like bevs and bands like that's kind of like the combo um and at the end of the day it's like it's fucking five minutes of me maybe like talking about something or like it just breaks the ice but to to get get, get away from that because i'll i'll go forever um i th- i think there's a genuine i think your hesitancy is the right move because hardcore is a thing as we all know is like it means so much to so many people on like a deep level. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people get like gatekeepy in like a, like in a way that I understand where it's like, I don't want you to do something from an ill-intentioned place. And I think doing anything, whether it's, you know, there's people that don't like the fact that they're, there's, you know, their bands are getting documented. They don't like, you know, uh, they think podcasting is like trying to like, remove zine culture or anything like that and i think this culture has just like evolved and needs to evolve with the times mm-hmm. and and just like because new people are it's undeniable that people are finding out about hardcore through things like tiktok through things like this podcast or or anything their need but all those things for people to fill those content funnels needs to be done with understanding and grace and i think Mm -hmm. that there's you know i think the thing that for me as an outsider before we like started chatting to set this up is that when i saw you post photos at sound and fury i was like okay this guy's a part of the culture because Mm -hmm. it it would be very easy it would be very easy to read things online or listen to podcasts and then go make stuff and then not go to shows um and, you know, like I've had people on where it's like they can talk something and then, you know, it's like I get DMs from people like I've never seen this person at the show. But like I just felt like they're like the the niches that you hit on. I'm like, oh, yeah, like this guy has read, 
you know, uh, has been on like, goes to shows, understands these things. And, you know, like I, I, I've had, I've run into people where it's like, I think that, but then I see by their actions that they're not actually about it. They would mm -hmm. rather spend, you know, their weekend making a video about hardcore and like borderline shitting on bands than actually just go to a dope festival that's happening in their town. And that to yeah. me is like a big tell that you're not about, you know, you're, you're very, very fake. And, uh, People in hardcore sniff that shit out very, very quickly. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what my hesitancy was. It was like, man, I don't want, like, I love this. I love, like, the culture. And, like, I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm, like, shitting on their thing or whatever. At the same time, I think it's, like, hilarious. Like, I think, like, things about hardcore, like, I'm, like, third, I'm, a, I'm, like, a 30 year old dude, like, 31. Like, I don't know. Like, I just think things that when I was, like, early 20s, I would be like, you can't, you can't make fun of this. You can't make fun of this. <laughs> And right. now I'm like 30. I'm like, well, of course you can make fun. Like, right. Of course you can make fun of it. Like if you know what you're talking about, you know, like I do agree. It's like, I don't know that I really, I don't know that I'm aware of like any, any other people that make content like that. I, I just like, I'm not, I probably don't engage in TikTok in like the way that a lot of people might like my TikTok is all just like, like democratic socialists, like stuff and like, fucking. <laughs> You know, and then like I'll see hardcore stuff too, but it's a lot of just like that and like psychology type stuff, or like sure. therapist type shit. But that to say, like, I it's not. I don't really feel like it's calculated. It's like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to go to Sound and Fury. Like I live in LA now. I've never lived here. Like I've always wanted to go to Sound and Fury. Like mm -hmm. it was always a dream of mine to play there or like whatever. And like you know, I just wanted to go, and it was like it didn't. It wasn't like a yeah, it just didn't, it felt like natural, of course. Like, it's not even something I registered as like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, and, and and the other thing, too, that I will say is that, like, it, like, you were just going, like, I'm just going as a hardcore person. It's not like, yeah. I'm going to, like, I'm going to make these videos, like, in between bands. Like, yeah. like clearly, like, the the sus alert of the of doing something like that is is interesting and i have that same issue where it's like you know like i constantly think about how i can like add things for for scope but then at the same time like man i'm going to a fest in like a couple weeks like maybe i should just like fucking chill mm -hmm. if i have no involvement and like instead of trying to do something but like there are times where it's like yeah it would be cool if we did like a little like you know, mosh report and just like interview people at the show. Like I've listened to some of those through other people and it's cool. Um, but from what I saw from you, it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going here as a person to support this community, not to gain anything out of it. Yeah. And I like, and I like, that was the first time that like, I had like maybe 15 or 20 people come up and like ask to take pictures and stuff with me, which I was like, my friends I was with, I was like, this is crazy. Like right. I did not expect this to like happen. Where people know? like, which band do you play? And you're like, I don't play any. I don't play band. any band. <laughs> yeah, no, they would like, I'll be walking by someone and they would just like, they would like say a line. I'm like, what the fuck? And then they're like, <laughs> really? Like you're still, like, they're like, hey man, like really? And they're, or they're like, hey, are you the guy that whatever? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that does that. Right. But like, I was so, I mean. Do do people call you the the TikTok hardcore guy? Do people call you the mosh retirement guy? What, like what's the the common title you get? 
I think like the Mosh retirement guy is bigger now. Um, mm-hmm. TikTok hardcore guy is, is that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think those two are the ones that I get a lot. But I like at Sound of Fury, I had a great time. Like I watched the bands I wanted to watch, and then like I really enjoyed like meeting people face to face that really liked and talking with people that liked what I was doing and saying like how much like it made them laugh or meant to them, you know? Right. Um, like I'll get messages from people that are be like, man, like my like my mom literally has like cancer right now. And like, this is the, your video is like the first time I've laughed in like two weeks, you know? And it's like, Holy shit, man. Like, that's like really cool. Like, and I, like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, I can't do that any other way, you know, like I know I can do that and I know I can make people feel good and like feel seen and like they can laugh at themselves or whatever. And, and that was the first time I'd met people in person that like that. And, and I wasn't certainly going to be like, hey well blah 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 it's whatever you know and like i'm not like making videos in between shit because like it'd be different if maybe the fest is like hey we want you to come and make some videos or whatever or like totally totally that would be different Mm -hmm. but it wasn't and i you know i'm not gonna like and you know i was there to watch bands and like hang out it's like that's that's what i wanted to do i wanted to like get some shirts for bands that i wanted i bought a shirt it was too small you know, and then the line was too long. I couldn't go back and get another, but I, it was like too awkward to go back up and be like, Hey, can I change this out for bigger size? It's like, I'm, right. I'm just going to take this shirt home. Yeah. Um, but like, I just wanted to like go and hang out, which is like mm-hmm. what I would go. I mean, I go to shows in LA, like not as much as I would like, but quite, you know, a lot, you know, mm-hmm. um, primarily because I just found out how to find out about shows in LA. So. <laughs> Gotcha. But I think the thing that we're both agreeing on here is that like you strip all of the all of the like all of the non how do I unword this? Because I don't want to say fluff or non-essential because I do think that it is critical. But if hardcore like has a Terminator 2 level event where like it's you know catastrophe, like it's just at at it where it's all it is is shows and bands being willing to be like yeah like i'm just like i'm down just to go and hang out and i'm still going to be a part of this versus like oh i don't get to like have a social media following off of this thing like even if like if i wanted to shut down like scope tomorrow like it wouldn't mean that i wouldn't still be going to shows or playing in bands like it's just in the in my dna and i think there's a lot of people that again look at it in a way to benefit versus like what am i actually doing to maybe like add to the community and if anything comedy is like an is almost like an untapped area where like like you said like being self-aware of like everyone's been like yo i got the sixth song and then everyone's like bro that's the riff from this band yes exactly (laughs) like that's no 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 no, no. like literally i had a moment like uh i was reviewing something for a new demo i'm writing i'm like did i unintentionally steal this from this band and i was like well i'm not gonna say what riff or what band it is but if people come to me i'll be like yeah i i I can see the the comparisons there yeah just move it from the four to the five and (laughs) you're good (laughs) right right yeah so um like talk like you mentioned as far as like okay people are really responding to it you doing a, a little bit more like niches like were there any that you were like i'm really gonna like put it out there and do something like this or have you started to kind of like 
you know, I think we're four mosh retirement TikToks, yeah. like part four at this point. But like, where is your mind when like, how do you like come up with these ideas? Is it when you're like at a show and you see something you're like, oh, why is that not like something that I can do? Like what comes to you when you're thinking about things? Yeah, I think like a lot of the ones that I'm doing now, I have, I have wrote maybe like when I first did the first mosh retirement video and it went really well, I was like, oh, and I just wrote a premise for like 15 or like 20 different, not even mosh retirement, just different things. Mm -hmm. So I'm still sort of going through those and like I've written new ones along the way, but like, um, I think a lot of it is like stuff that I just, it just feels like it exists like in my brain, like from going to shows and then it's like, yeah, maybe I'll go to shows and see something or whatever. Um, a lot of times it's like just seeing things online too, like the way people like respond and like message boards or whatever, like the different kinds of people. And like mm -hmm. a lot of it is honestly pulled from just like growing up and like different. Yeah. Your experience. I, yeah. My experience. And uh, yeah. So now it's like, I, I have to like, I try and be a little bit more intentional and like, okay. Like when I'm writing, like, for example, like when I'm writing like a, a new like mosh retirement guy like maybe i'll have like i don't know i'll have like 70 percent of it written like before i go do it and then like i'll just improvise like some stuff too mm -hmm. um so that's like the way that i feel like it helps me keep things like fresh because it's like if it's fun for me to say on the day then i know that it's like coming from like my experience and my brain it's not something that i've like fully like written out right so i just try and like do things that are like fun like okay this would be funny like i think this is this idea is funny like like in the most recent martial retirement video, I was like talking about, it just kept having to do things like sending people back in time. And I just think that's like so funny, like <laughs> sending someone back in time. And so <laughs> I just kept doing it on the day. I was like, all right, I got another one where I'm going to send like another thing about sending someone back in time. And like, right. I don't know, like just things like that are really funny to me. Like the idea, like Pangea is funny to me, like fucking different. I don't know why these things are funny to me, but I just like that. It's just like, I want, for, and then on the day, I'm like, I, I think this is just where I'm at. It's like making <laughs> things going back in time. Right. What um, what What is maybe the one line that people wouldn't expect that was improvised, but like really stuck and is like a constant oh quoted thing. But you're like, I literally thought of this on the spot. Yeah. So um, Benjamin Button, the Benjamin Button's line was written ahead of time, but like i i laughed like the first take we did it which is the take that i kept right um i'm trying to think of like benjamin buttons is like a big one that people like um man what's like oh yeah the 14 i don't care if you're 14 or 41 is like a line that people say back like right <laughs> which i that was like improvised like i think that's funny like mm -hmm. just flipping the numbers around you know like i don't know stupid shit like that is funny to me um man what other lines are improvised it's hard to say. Um, oh, yeah. So I think that the one in, in the in the third one where I'm talking about how, like, I passed by a mirror and, like, there's no reflection. And, like, <laughs> yeah. about that since. Like, that, like, I think that I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. And then, like, I, you know, improvised, like, like the actually what it became or like sure. a lot of times like i'll think about like the bands that i would like the shows that i was at like mm -hmm. quote quote or whatever but yeah i don't know it's hard like i can't i can't remember specifically which ones would be improvised but um 
It's interesting because I I will improvise one, and then sometimes I don't keep them. Like I'll have stuff on the cutting room floor. Like sure, like yeah, you're trying. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you you have to keep the best of the best. Yeah. Um. Something else that I'm just realizing there's like there is certain band nods. I think I think you were talking shit on Breaking Benjamin in one of them, <laughs> <laughs> which like I'm literally looking at my Halo Two poster and I've like talked so much about how like all the the bands a part of that soundtrack breaking benjamin who yeah. like we're so, like and i i like i'll die on a hill i think diary of jane is a banger album <laughs> but i understand shit talking them and i thought that was very very funny yeah. um but there isn't another thing uh to add to i think your genuine genuineness of all this is like you're not like oh let me like name drop all like quote-unquote like hype bands that are happening right now like you're you're maybe making like specific nods to like older bands but you're not like saying ingrown pain of truth and like candy within one sentence if you know yeah what I mean. yeah is that like, intentional think, or like was that like did that not even cross your mind i think it for some reason feels like gross i don't know why like i can't mm-hmm. explain it i just like it feels i think what you're saying being like like, oh, look at all these new cool bands. If anything, I'm like doing the opposite. I'm like saying bands that like maybe like, you know, not that many people are listening to right now, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like bands that maybe I listen to or like, you know, whatever. But I don't know why. I guess like I just it doesn't feel like. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like as genuine, especially for that character. And then maybe like. Um, other stuff, maybe I would mention like newer bands. But I don't know. I think that it's easy. Like it's, I think it's also like for bands like terror and hate breed and like Madball, these bands that are like legacy bands, mm-hmm. um, it's easier to like, to mention them in a video or like not like nod out to them because like, they're so established, you know, or as opposed to like, I don't, it doesn't seem like I'm like trying to name drop or anything like that. You know? Right. And then I think that there are times when I would mention, like, I mentioned, like, Buried Alive in, like, the most recent video, just, like, a band that I love, and, like, uh, people are like, whoa, you mean Buried Alive, or whatever, and it's, like, I wasn't trying to name drop a band that, like, is cool and, like, niche, I was just name dropping a band that I like, and maybe, like, I guess as, like, these, you know, maybe if I would name drop newer bands, but I also don't necessarily, like, it's also like, I don't really know people in those bands very well, like in a, or at all. So I don't want to like necessarily put the spotlight on them or something when uh, that I don't really know them. But it's easier for me to do that for bands that are just so like established that it's like, you know, they don't, they're not really affected by that. Like, yeah. And so it's like, you know, it would be a bigger thing if I mentioned like some like smaller band or whatever. I don't know. I guess I'm, I don't, I'm not really doing a good job explaining it. I just know that like, it doesn't feel, it feels kind of weird. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. And I feel like, yeah, it's like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like anytime someone mentions Madball in like any kind of context, whether it's a comedy skit or a podcast, like Hoya gets a ping on his phone and he's like, Oh, what's, right. what's happening here? You know? But like, it's a little bit different when you're like, I feel like it's just trying too hard when like if you're doing that with like certain bands, it like in a podcast where you're talking about like up and coming bands. Yeah, that totally makes sense. But if you're like 
like I feel like unless you like did some kind of character that was like around this like oh I know new bands but you're saying knocked loose when it's like everyone knows who that band is like yeah. have you heard a turnstile so I don't I don't know I'm not trying to like write characters for you but because I'm okay, sure you have have you heard of turnstile <laughs> <laughs> pulls out the pen and oh, paper um, yeah. but I do think that it is there are certain people that are just so established and so just more known that it makes sense to be able to do that. And, you know, like Birdie Alive is like to some that might be niche, but like, again, for people in the culture that do their homework, they know the bands like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just don't like, yeah. Like you're saying, like, he's not going to get like people, someone from Throwdown isn't going to get like a ping on their phone. They might, but like, and they have, which is like, they will like people I've talked to people in bands and they're like, this is really funny or whatever. Right. But it's not really the same as like me, like being like, Oh, I, whatever Mosh retirement for some like newer hardcore band. And it's like, yeah, it wor- I guess it works like tonally, but I don't know. I just don't like, it doesn't, I also don't know that it like really works for that character. Um, but I, I, I just don't want to like, I've seen videos of people being like, dude, if you're not going to a knocked loose, a pain of truth show or a candy show, then like, what are you doing, bro? You're not like, and it's like people that are like, did you just look up like the three hardcore bands that people like talk about and then just like mention them, you know, like that's what that sounds like. Right, right. So it's like, I don't want to like, I'm just going to like name bands that are coming up to me like in the ether and like, like I, like I, it's not, that I also wear merch, like I wore like a Frozen Soul shirt, which is like a band that I love. It's like, I don't know great, them personally. Great, great band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love, that, I love band. that band. I just wore their shirt in a video and people are like you know obviously they knew about it and like we were talking and stuff but like that kind of stuff it's like that feels like natural like i'll wear a shirt you know but i don't know why i just don't yeah don't really think about that yeah and that was like something else that i found really interesting too is that even before you were tapping into any of this like you were still doing skits and like uh even some of your like your 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 films were like you're wearing a gay creeper shirt you're wearing Mm -hmm. these things so it's like I never downplay the power of like a hardcore shirt because it's like it's as weird as it sounds. It is kind of like a uniform when you see that in like, you know, any kind of thing like, you know, any like so many like people share it out the ass when it's like, oh, so and so was wearing a X band shirt and it was in the background of like the Tonight Show. And it's just like all these things Um, because we get giddy about that. But like. I think ben it's like wore a triple B shirt. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, I don't know if you know, but like, uh, Ben Affleck, um, wears a lot of like, uh, uh, bridge nine, um, X solely. Oh yeah. Bridge nine. Stuff. That's what it was. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, and I only know that because, um, Chris, uh, who runs bridge nine, uh, he came on another podcast that I was doing at the time. Um, I've never actually talked to him about that, but like, he's always resharing that. And I just think that is like, so funny. Um, it, the whole world of like celebrity and hardcore, which now, because, you know, bless my wife, she's like a big, like she always watches the Kardashians. And I think I saw a tweet. You're looking at, dude, I'm, I'm, (laughs) she always be watching the Kardashians. I watch it too. But I'm like, are we going to get a Kardashians episode when Blink is on tour with Turnstile? And like, yeah, that's very, very, very strange, which brings me to uh, a piece that 
you know, in the midst of us like constantly rescheduling this and finding the right time, uh, originally we were going to do this podcast prior to this blink announcement and, mm-hmm. and you being a part of that. So talk to me about that. Like, I, I think it would be easy for people to think, oh, he, he made all these TikTok hard, hardcore TikToks and then he got in a blink thing. But I, I think it's more, I would assume that it's more within your film connections that that even crush your radar. Is that right? Or is that wrong? It's funny because it's almost exactly what you, <laughs> the first thing. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, ex- I'll explain what happened. So basically sure. I made the first mosh retirement video and then um, I saw like, cause I don't know if you're, if on your scoped exposure page, it'll show you like priority notifications for Instagram where it's like when you get a certain number of followers, it'll show you like priority. So it'll be like verified accounts or accounts with like over 10,000 followers or whatever. Oh, okay. But yeah. I saw like a, like a like from like a blue check mark come through. And I was like, Oh, that name looks familiar. And there's this guy, Brandon Dermer, who's the guy that directed the blink video. Mm-hmm. And I was already aware of him because we have mutual friends. He's from Chicago. He directed lots of like comedy stuff. Um, he's directed like a bunch of stuff for, like Diplo and like a lot of music videos and shit. So mm-hmm. he liked it. So I followed him because like, fuck, I realize I'm not following this guy. Like, I really want to see what he's making now. Mm-hmm. And he followed me back. And so we're talking. And so we're trying to meet up for like weeks because he lives like nearby to like get coffee. Yeah. And then we meet up um, and we're just hanging out, like talking. And he's like, I think I have this thing that you might be good for. Like, you know, I- I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not yet, but I'll-, I'll put you in for it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And, you know, people say stuff like that all the time. Like in sure. you know, LA, sure. you never know. Like, you know, you're like, okay, cool. Like. I don't it's it's like a up. sex scene or like what what's this yeah thing like i don't get my hopes up for anything. like until i'm like on until i'm like doing it on the day like i don't really get my hopes up for stuff like that totally but then yeah. like one day like on a sunday he was like are you free on tuesday and i was like yeah like in the afternoon i was like yeah um he's like okay i'm gonna put you up for this thing and then i'll let you know like if you get it if the client approves you now i know the client is like blink 182 so they approve so me. sorry but so when he's texting you on Sunday, it's like, oh, by the way, this is for Blink-182? He didn't tell me what it was. Oh, okay. Um, so you're just like, it could be a whatever, like... Yeah, I mean, he he said something when we meet up. He said something about how he was, like, working on something for Blink-182 or, like... some. But he, we had talked about a bunch of different stuff, so okay. I didn't really know, like, what it was. Um, yeah. So but you're like, it could be a music video. It could be... Could be, something. like, a scene from a short or whatever, like, something, you know, like a little... So he, he it was like his idea for that, from my understanding, it was his idea. He like wrote the idea for that commercial and like pitched it to them. Mm-hmm. And then um, like they were looking for people that looked like construction workers or whatever. And he was like, this guy would be like perfect. And I think also just like we got along and like, um, you know, he's into like the same kind of like hardcore metal stuff. And like, mm-hmm. so he's like, I put you in for this thing. I get approved by it. And then I go and I'm going and I park my car. And I'm not, I can't go into this, the place yet, the building. It just looks like a regular like office building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they come out, all the people, the crew arrive. Like I was super early. I'm like perpetually early, like chronically early to everything. <laughs> sure. so I'm like way too early, I'm, like sitting there with like my wardrobe or whatever. And then they come and they're getting like the situation set up. And at this point, like I've signed an NDA. So I know it's a blink video, mm-hmm. but I can't tell anyone. Uh, yeah. Um, until it's out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we shoot my part and then I need to use the bathroom and I go inside and actually you need to use the bathroom before we do it. So I go inside and I'm like, Oh shit, this is like Travis Barker studio. Like, 
I'm like in his like studio where his like drums are and all his bikes and like his blink stuff on the wall. Like, holy shit. So I'm like, oh, I use the bathroom. I wash my hands and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, he's not there. Like no one's there, but it's just right. like people that work for him. I'm presumably. So I go, but it's like the... his, his DNA and fingerprints are all over, all over it. Yeah. 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 So then I go outside, shoot my thing. And then I like, I get like makeup in my eye. So I'm like, God, I got to go back inside and like get this out of my eye. So I gotta get. I have to like annoyingly get someone to escort me back into the studio to use the bathroom. And I go inside, and now there's like a lot of people in there. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I gotta go. Um, I gotta go, and I use the bathroom, and I come out, and I walk turn the corner, and like, boom, Travis Barker, Mark Hoppus is there, and then Tom DeLong is like sitting in a chair, like eight feet from my eight feet to my what? Left. Yeah. So I'm like, I walk out, and they're over there. Like Travis and Mark are maybe like ten feet to my right. Sure. Tom's like 10 feet to my left. And I'm like, I was like, I have to, like, I need to get out of here. I can't linger, but I also can't walk too fast. Cause like, I want to soak this up. <laughs> I, need, I need to savor this moment. I need to like soak this up. I have about like, I have maybe about like 60 seconds of like walking from here to the door. I have I to I accidentally just, drop my pen and be like, Oh yeah. shit. And then I, I have a like, trip. <laughs> and I can't like look at them for too long. Cause otherwise it's like, clearly I'm like, being like you know fan fan type behavior in a situation right. that's like not professional you know like right so i'm like oh man so i'm like walking slow but like very conscious about like I'm, i gotta keep moving but i'm walking slow mm-hmm. and then like they clearly didn't want people in there that weren't supposed to be in there at that time sure because obviously they're like super like mega stars you know yeah and and uh so i leave and i like as i'm leaving i look back one more time i'm like i just gotta take another look <laughs> i gotta <laughs> I take a snapshot like, with my eyes yeah, and I guess they were shooting like after me, after my scene, they were shooting like the last little bit in the commercial where they like are there, you know? Yeah. Cause they, I think they shot it in his studio. So that's like what I, that's my experience with that. And then, um, yeah, and then it came out. Like I couldn't say anything about it until it came out, but it was directly that because of that wild. first Mosh retirement TikTok. Okay, so. But I will say, like, I was only able to do it well because i had spent so much time like acting and like improvising and stuff like i yes like it wasn't like a thing where i was like handed something and it's like whatever like i still had to learn i still had to be like comfortable and know how to like act and like say a line different ways and you know whatever yeah um like i've taken like tons i've taken acting classes i've taken improv classes like i've you know i was comfortable being there so i don't think that like he might have, I think that, I think he was honestly surprised that I was like, knew how to do that. <laughs> Cause they're like, holy shit. Like, that's really funny. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, and I appreciate you correcting the record there. Cause I think it's any, anyone on the outside, it was just, it's so easy to just think like, oh, this guy just made a TikTok and then he's in the Blink 182 commercial. But it's like anyone that does anything um, of like extreme scale has put in hours, days, if not years of their life, like getting to that point to have that like quote unquote shot or that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and you know, and it sounds like that's, it, it's really funny how like, you know, making a hardcore TikTok got you connected to the person that did that. And you know, it, it seems like it paid off to have some makeup in your eye to at least be in the Dude, same yeah. breathing apparatus of uh, some like, oh, a- some actual goats so yeah for sure it was crazy i mean yeah like they don't see like you don't see like oh i've done like 
hundreds of improv shows to like nobody i've taken classes and you know what i mean like acting mm-hmm. classes and whatever like you don't see that mm-hmm. um like it could have gone horribly like i could have my take could have been so bad that they didn't include it you know what i mean like, yeah absolutely it could have been like oh i shot this but then like it never came out i was like terrible like at, at acting <laughs> like it didn't <laughs> came out you know like my line read was like terrible you know that happens all the time so mm-hmm um have you ever worked a construction job no never (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah i guess like you know the 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 mustache and you know the tattoos and like um, yeah like in shape kind of i guess like did you meet anyone else who was in that commercial aside from blink like any Mm -hmm. other i I met like the two guys that were like construction guys behind me like Mm -hmm. in the shot but i didn't meet like anyone else besides like the crew members that's sick they were all in different locations so yeah are you allowed to say what you got compensated for that uh I'm, i can't say i hope it's blink tickets <laughs> I, you know what like that would be that would be great i'm hoping for like when the time comes where it's in la like i think maybe the you know the director and i were talking like we're gonna try and see what we can do because he like right. obviously has connections and stuff you, but... you just got to show up in the high viz you're like yo i'm, yeah. I'm in the vid I'm in the bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I think that like, we'll see. I mean, also like, I'm not going to pay, I can't, I'm not going to pay like 300 bucks, 400 for that thousand dollars a ticket to go see it. Like, I would love to see them, but I think it would be like more, I would just wait and see like if he can get me in, which would be yeah. cool. But if not, like what it is, what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of great uh, mosh clips of people in, in, uh, in uh, PPE. Uh, that you would <laughs> yeah. see on Hate Five Six or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So going back to like the the characters and some of those things, is there anything that you have on the docket that you would either want to like, you know? And I and I totally respect like if you're like I I want to like hold that close to my chest until it comes out. But is there any like certain characters that you're thinking of, new ideas that are like either in production or you're just like this is definitely something that I'm gonna do? Because I think there's just so many tropes that i know even you and i could just brainstorm on Mm -hmm. for hours but i don't know if there's any specific that you're like this is in the chamber is about to fire yeah so i have like i have uh one there's two things i want to do so one is like i have a guy that a character that i've been trying to do for months but i just like i keep every time i go to do it i keep forgetting that i have to like get certain props ahead of time so i want to do like the guy whose band is going like on tour and it's like (laughs) he's got like a his lanyard has like three dates on it and they're like within the within like an hour away like each one he's like no we're going out for a month dude right a month a month world tour and i'm just touring my state yeah yeah we're we're gonna be it's gonna be a month-long tour and there's three days right (laughs) he's like no man like it's we're renting a van and all this shit it's like but because I've met, like I grew up in like my scene, there were like kid, there were like people in like this metalcore band. Like I'm not gonna say what it was. It wasn't Emeritus, so another band that's like now defunct or whatever. But they would always be like, "We're going on tour," and they'd like show up to local shows with like their lanyards, like that where they made. It's like, it's like you know, those are supposed to be given to you, like when you're on a tour. Like they just <laughs> the people that made the tour like give those to you, like you don't right. make them yourselves. You right, know? right, right. There's no point in making one for yourself for like a sh- tour that's gonna have like. 10 people at each show you know like <laughs> there, no one is checking to see if you're like able to go where you're supposed to go like right that's there's the no thing. like 
like band access areas like you know yeah, this little back hall. room is just where you store the drums and the amps bro like yeah it's like i've there's guys like that and then same like as some people at heart i've like just run into that like back mm-hmm. in the, like where people would be like that i just think it's really funny because it's like at the core that person like really wants to do that you know like they at the core of everything funny there's always like in my in my like what i try and do there's always something serious like there's like that character has a want like they want like something you know like this like the person that wants to has like the tour maybe and they're like yeah we're going on tour it's like obviously they clearly desperately want to do that like mm-hmm. but they're just like going about it in the most like roundabout way like the most like yeah misguided it's like way, ultra like. fancy yeah and it's like same with like the mosh retirement guy it's like clearly the guy like wants to be like important and like you know special and it's like he's like name dropping all this stuff but then it's like you'll get like little bits here and there that he has like a terrible life and like you know like <laughs> it's like the only way that that character made sense is if he has like a terrible life that he's like neglecting and like mm. same with like the photography guy it's like clearly that person like it's very important to them to have that picture like there's for to whatever have that reason, new profile pic yeah like for whatever reason like there are things going on in their life that that's like something very important and like there's sure. like a core of like emotional truth to like most good like comedy in my opinion or at least the comedy that i like mm-hmm. um which is like what i try and do like everything i do like i'm like this is me getting very into like the minute details, but like I try and they're always like a core of like what, like this person is like a real person down. Like they, maybe they're acting crazy or whatever, but they clearly want something real. Like, right. Um, as everyone does, like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes people act crazy or like they, you know, act embarrassing or say something stupid at the wrong time or whatever. But like, you know, that's just life. I think that like, you know, just taking it to the extreme with like a character is part of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm I'm really intrigued by a lot of this because yeah, it like boils down to like I can write something that's just like it's got goofs and gaffs, but like I think you breaking it down even more, it's like it almost like I, I start to feel bad for like the mosh retirement guy. Totally. He's like totally I know that he wants to mosh, but I feel and he wants to be seen as a uh, as a cool mosh guy, return, like, as a as yeah. a cool guy or whatever. So um no, I feel like that and I think honestly, going about it that way versus like what are what is like a what's the most outlandish thing that I can see shows the you know the good from the great when it comes to that. Mm. And I think a lot of your stuff has been very thought out, um, whether it's improv or not. But I think again, you wouldn't be able to improv some of those lines without the years of experience that you clearly have. Yeah, I was also gonna say too. I think that like you were talking about people that make things that seem disingenuous and like, it's like, okay, well it would be very easy for someone to just be like, Oh, look at me. I'm moshing. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Oh, I like yelling music. Like that type of content. It's like, cool. But like, I'm not really like, I don't really have an interest in doing that. I have an interest in like, I like characters and telling a story, even if it's like for a minute, you know, there's always like something in there. Like the guy got divorced or whatever. It's like, there's something in there. That's like, I can't, whatever. But I, I wanted to drop one more thing. So I'm like, you're asking me about other things I'm working on. So I'm working on like a like a short film, like a 10, 10-ish minute, like maybe 10 to 15, like Mosh retirement guy, like mockumentary. So like the guy, he's like, I'm probably gonna shoot it here, like, you know, I don't know, in a few months. I'm just kind of like working out the script with a couple of friends and everything. But like and basically it's like the guy he's like been court ordered into mosh retirement and this this is the this is like kind of the premise at this point he's like been court ordered into mosh retirement but his like favorite band is doing 
a reunion show so he like oh has to like, i understand the dilemma he has to like right his wrongs in order to like and and in order to be able to mosh at this show like, <laughs> and he's like not allowed to mosh. so he has to go and like talk to the people that he's like fucked up or put in the hospital and right. whatnot and like read and like hear testimonials and stuff like right he's got to so put out a, a a very long twitter thread about yeah like a know, notes app, up to like, his his notes app yeah like he has to put out a notes app like i understand i've heard people like you know that kind of shit right but it's like i it also you were saying you feel bad for like people like mm -hmm. definitely in that like i'm like tenting on like you would feel like bad for the guy like which I, a lot of the stuff i write like in general is like people that are like at their core like just you feel bad for them if you really knew it was like going on you know like or very sad like people <laughs> like maybe they're being assholes or like stupid or like cringy or whatever but it's mm -hmm. like there and one thing like that you learn like what i learned from like comedy and like improv is like if you keep asking like why mm -hmm. you get to like a really interesting place like why does this guy like you start a stupid thing like why does this guy think it's like why does he care about like getting this profile picture like why is that important well why does he think that's important mm -hmm. well why does he think that's important and it's like okay eventually you get down to like Oh, because he's like really yeah. sad. He doesn't have any friends or like, you know, like <laughs> he wants to like, you know, he just, yeah. So like, I think that's part of it is like, you keep asking like questions, like why? And then you get to the core of like, what is this person's deal? Mm -hmm. I, that's, I love the fact that there's like a, a short film in the works um, to be doing this. I would selfishly love to see a second um, photographer, videographer, um confrontation of, of some kind i don't know if that's on on your docket oh, i i have like i have an idea for like kind of like a horror short film almost like a guy like follows home a photographer from like a, a show and he's like you need to get that photo now like, he's like <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna edit that photo in front of me you're gonna pull up lightroom you're gonna pull up photoshop and you're gonna edit it now here's my like dropbox a, with like, like a gun and he's like you're gonna do it now like <laughs> and just like I don't they know, get that, to the I image. Just, it's like, what do you mean I'm cropped out? No, no, it's got to be. That's wrong. That's wrong. You, you need a wider lens. Yeah. Here's a two millimeter thing. lens. It's like so wide. <laughs> yeah. That's like, an, I have like ideas for stuff like that, that like I, I want to do. I just like, it takes a lot of time to like make like a short, as opposed to like a video, it takes a lot of time to make like a short film. So right. we'll see. I don't know. I think mm -hmm. I'd like to make it eventually. And now that I know that people really want good content that's like made well for hardcore then it makes me be like oh cool like i can i can work on that like, yeah um so i feel like one of the questions that like it's it's kind of that classic thing where it's like you make something that works and then you feel trapped to a degree as a creative where you're like like it might be fun initially but then you're like oh man am i gonna turn out like a fifth mosh retirement mm -hmm. like are you in that mindset where you're like, oh, I'm, am I just going to become that person? Or are you like, no, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to scratch this itch. But at the same time, I'm going to still write like, like films and, and do stuff that is totally outside of the hardcore world. Yeah, no, that's like the second part is definitely the way I feel like I'm like, I think like now, like now I'm in the space, where like every time I go like to shoot some videos, like usually I'll come to like make like three, I'll make like three videos at once. 
Mm-hmm. Then I'll just, I'll just change shirts and like stuff like in between. Dude, I've done multiple podcasts on one day and it's like in, during our break, I'm like changing, yeah. changing the shirts. So I, it's just I like economical time-wise. Like I'm already there. Let's like do these three. But right. now I'm at the point where like, okay, cool. Like I have a lot of people that are interested in like hardcore stuff, the comedy stuff, but they also like the kind of like comedy that I'm making. So I can also do other things as well. And like I can still scratch the itch with like hardcore stuff. I'm not going to like not do that, mm-hmm. but I can also, I can like fold it in. So it's like, if I go make some videos, like maybe I'll make like one hardcore video, one like other, like for every, like I'll make like a hardcore video and then another like character that I like, you know? And it's, I think a lot of the people that are into this stuff too are also into a lot of the same kind of comedy that I like as well. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be like so uh, it's not gonna be so out the fucking left field that someone's not gonna like what i'm making you know like right like i think a lot of the people like a lot of my friends like the same shows that i do and like the same kind of comedy and comedians that i do so i think that like people will be receptive to that like you know right i've just been making mostly hardcore stuff since then because i'm like okay like you sometimes i've learned that like when a when like there's usually in like entertainment like I look at it like as the staples, like easy button, like the easy button is <laughs> there. Yes. And so you're just like hitting constant buttons. Right. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like sometimes you hit a button and it turns into the easy button. You're like, okay, cool. I need to like hit this button a few times, like just to like keep hitting the button for a little bit. And then I can kind of like, now that I know the button's still there. I can start like doing other stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think if, if I could give a quick example, a similar mindset for me is like, there's definitely like, certain things where it's like if i have isaac from knocked loose on the podcast obviously i'm stoked to talk to him but i know that episode will do super well but like Mm -hmm. you know there there are people that selfishly i want to talk to where it's like you know even if they play in a huge band they're not like that typical heavy music artist like interview person um and that's like a big thing why where you know i mentioned i've done four comeback kid episodes there's a lot of people that would only think about interviewing like Andrew. Andrew, yeah. But it's like, for me, I love to talk to Chase or to Stu or to Jeremy uh, to be able to talk about their different perspectives of the band. Like, Goose's episode is still number one. But I've gotten into this flow now with the podcast where it's like, I do one for for them, the, the people that mm-hmm. are tuning in and listening, and one for myself. Yeah. And, you know, like, I kind of like don't really... I don't get caught. Like, I think as a creative, you, you can't not like look at the numbers, but because you need to like, like consume that as data, as far as like yeah. did this work and apply it to the next thing, but just getting caught up in like, if this thing is good based off how many people listen to it. Like, I don't give a yeah. fuck if like a hundred people listen to this podcast or a thousand people do like, because I'm enjoying just chatting with you. And I think that's the thing that I hope that other people remind themselves when they're making shit. You should talk. I, I, maybe I'll hook you up with um, a couple of my friends. So my friend, Mike, who played, he played drums. He was like original member of call the reserve. He played drums. He also played drums in seventh star, which is another like face down band. Right. So he's an actor now, like comedian, like um, he does stuff. And then, so I'm also good friends with two of the people that were in Thick as Blood. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Gino, the singer, he's like, he's, he's like a huge actor. He's like, I mean, he's a huge actor. He's on that show Mayans, the Sons of Anarchy, like spinoff. Oh, really? 
he's been That's on it for crazy. like he's okay. been on it for it's like he's been on it since the beginning basically yeah. um, and then their guitarist i think is what randy has been on like tons of stuff like tons of movies like all kinds of shit they both are like i mean they're killing it like um and they're both like hardcore people you know hmm. um I'll, maybe i'll see if they'll be interested in doing the podcast but i think it'd be cool yeah uh, and i think again just for a little bit of self-narration is like the fact like for anyone that's been around since listening to like episode five with Cole Young, like you've seen the progression as far as like, like I've kind of un- unintentionally documented my journey and like growing this show and then like getting mm-hmm. bigger and bigger guests. And for me, I think about like the spider web of like maybe having Stanley on in 2022 somehow later along the line gets me connected to any of the blink 182 members right i would like and i wouldn't write that off completely because like stranger things have happened on this podcast i'm not trying to put pressure on you to be like hey talk to your guy to do like yeah there's none of that but i do think that there are certain things where it's like oh like i have this conversation with someone then this other person like i had and i don't know how yet but frankie from a mirror like mm-hmm. randomly started following scoped and i was like okay and then i like dm'd him i'm like yo and he was like yo i'm like okay do you want to come on the pod and he's like i got nothing to talk about but hit me up in a year and so i literally like went to my calendar and like went one year into the future and set a reminder <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. hopefully frankie comes on the podcast at some point but i again i let for me it's all about like chasing curiosities oh yeah and and like i think it's the process of like showing up and like putting shit out is 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 clearly what you know makes other people notice and then they put you in a blink 182 commercial yeah i look at it like you the way i've always thought about it with band stuff and everything is like like this is a stupid analogy but if you're like no one wants to get on a train that's like not going anywhere yeah but if it's like if a train is like starting to move you're like wait where's that train going even if it's moving slow you're like wait where's that train going like i want to know where maybe i'll get on the train and see where it goes so you're like mm-hmm. cool like clearly spencer's doing this podcast like he keeps doing it and getting guests and it's like oh check it out like you know what i mean or like or like wow that's really cool like you know whereas opposed to like if you're sitting around and you're like you're just telling people i want to start a podcast and then everyone's like, of course, like, oh, you know, what podcast, you know, whatever. But it's like, who gives a shit, shit? If you just keep doing it, you keep doing it over and over and over again. You like, you go to the initial bump where people are like, wow, cool. And then it's like the drop off where people are like, God, he keeps doing it. And then it's like, gets, and then you get more successful. And it's like, whoa, cool. I was here the whole time. You know what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. That's like the way that everything works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I think, yeah, just, you just show up and keep doing stuff. Like, and sometimes, like you said, like things fail or like whatever. I've made so much stuff that is not that fails or whatever. You just don't, no one sees it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's about ratioing because I totally agree that there are tons of people that just like talk about this idea, but they don't execute on it. And nothing is guaranteed for people's ideas to be successful. But mm-hmm. it's a matter of just like, you know, like just trying. And then like, the the one it's almost like the thing that you least expect to work actually is the thing that like absolutely that's happened Um, to me like so many times i mean when we when dead icons did a tour of thick as blood which is how i met them we had been submitting to tours like all the time and we never got anything and then randomly out of the blue like we got like the offer for the thick as blood it's like not even something that was on our radar or anything mm -hmm. it's like oh shit like that's wild like right 
that's just yeah stuff just when you start doing things and creating like momentum for yourself like things start to occur i i've found absolutely um who has been the person that has seen one of your videos within the hardcore space that like still kind of boggles your mind a little bit as far as like that person's influence scale legend status whatever is first to your head yeah so i'll give you all right i'll give you two i'll give you sure. the one that's like i'll give you the the person that is like the people that i'm like oh this is crazy like and then the person that no one would expect so like the person that like, people that are crazy it's like your typical like like i i connected with like toby morse because like i like i love h2o connected with him about it and like talking to him I was like that's cool and then like some like people and like a lot of my bands that i love like i i love throwdown i talked to like i was like dming with their i don't know who was running their account but like they were just saying they <laughs> thought it was funny and like right. whatever like throwdown is not a band to have a an instagram person so to right speak. yeah yeah so somebody is cle- somebody <laughs> in the band band. clearly doing that but like that kind of stuff was like really cool to me like as someone that like i you know was really you know into that stuff mm-hmm. um and then like this is gonna sound weird but like i because i had him do a merch design for me but uh jonathan Buski, i think is his last name but he played in the promise and uh, oh, he, like okay. terror and like some other bands i believe but like the promise is like one of my that the believers like one of my favorite hardcore records mm-hmm. and i remember like he commented on something or whatever and i was like why does that name sound familiar and i like I was like, oh shit, that's the guy from like The Promise. And it's like, th- he's not like famous by any means or anything. Like, but to someone that loves that record, it's like, oh, like that's crazy. And so I had him like design merch for um, the Dead Icons reunion show that we're doing like in November. Or actually, yeah, this is November. So like a couple, like a week. <laughs> um, so I had him design it because I was like, oh shit, that's so cool. And like, right. I just wanted to like connect and like work with him in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. but that would that was cool for me and then like i i've connected with hoya a little bit and i've mm-hmm. just connected with some other people um but it it's that's cool to me like just these saying, are like, these cool. are big name people dude i like i would not downplay that at all i think that's very very sick yeah similarly to you like when you just like messaged like uh like frankie from your i will i just like message people like i'll be like hey like i really love like this album like i love your music like thanks for liking whatever um yeah and that like respond like i don't know i just don't like it's like everyone is a person you know what i mean like no matter what they've done like the worst they can say is no or whatever but like as long as i'm genuine and just saying like hey i really like this music thanks for following me or whatever Mm -hmm. that's great to me like yeah you know i don't feel any like any weirdness about that or like talking to people or like hitting people up like i i think it's I don't know. I selfishly, it's like cool just to tell someone that really makes music that you like. Like, I like what you made. <laughs> Dude, totally. I'm I'm a firm believer in giving people their your roses to them. That's mm-hmm. you know, like gassing them up. However you want to spin it, it's like I think that goes a long way. And you know, especially if you're like have like you're not owed any like dm time with any of these people so it's like Mm -hmm. i i should at least spend this you know the time that i know both of us are probably looking at our phones because we're having a conversation um then we should you know be able to do that who well who was the person that you said was the unlikely um 
person that has seen your stuff like that um, i wouldn't expect a, a guy i'm not gonna say like who it is and like who they manage but they manage like some of the biggest like fashion like streetwear like artists that you would you would know of them like i'm not gonna say like who it is but like because i don't want to like put the person on blast but sure. like yeah, yeah when they followed me and i just connected with them i was like holy fuck like this person manages like people that i've gone to see like museums for like museum exhibits like multiple times and like mm-hmm. they've done like tour like design for big it's like crazy that i like just connect i connected with them um, yeah that was like cool for me there's been some like pro skateboarders that i, I like have connected with like um yeah a lot of people there's probably stuff that i'm forgetting too i just I don't know. Like, I, I just like, to me, it, it like sometimes just like, it's just people. And then I, as I'm like talking about it, I'm like, um, Oh, uh, the probably one of the coolest things was one of the, was I always get the name wrong, but Travis Barker's wife, like sharing my, the Blink-182 thing on her story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I showed yeah. my wife. I was like, look at that. I'm on the Kardashian story. <laughs> That's so <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, okay. Stanley, one of the last questions before I start to wrap up, um, I don't know if you've ever thought about doing any of these videos in collaboration with someone who's like in the scene. So it's like your character with someone who's like in that universe. Top, like three people off the top of your head that you, if they were like, yeah, I'm down for it. And you just want to put it into the ether that you would love to, you know, do some kind of skid or bit with. Yeah, I want to do, I want to do something with Hate Breed, like really bad. Like I want to do something with, with Jamie Josta. Um, they've been one of my favorite bands for like forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I want to do something with, with them. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I would love to do something with like, like a man, a band, like what was it? I'm trying to remember the, I don't know. Haybreed is a big one. And then like, um, like even something like Avril Lavigne or something like that would be cool. Or like, I don't know, like some shit like that would be cool. Um, yeah. Hey breed or like Slayer. Um, yeah. I don't know. Really the Hey breed is the one that comes to mind. Yeah. I really just, yeah. I would almost think that you should, uh, I don't know if Mr. Vogel would be down to do something where it's like guy who is like, the you know how there's like those characters in like movies and tv shows where it's like they just echo the main person mm-hmm. so it's just like i i don't know why this is coming to me but it's like vogel is telling people to stage dive it's like yeah you fucking stage dive yeah come on guys come on yeah. let's go L- listen Woo! listen to scott do yeah. it it's like it's I, almost like his life depends on on uh on uh the stage diving aspect yeah I, I would love to do, I don't know him. Like I've never met him personally, but I would love to like do something with him. Cause I also, I'd like to, when Tara's like one of the first bands, I mean, for everyone. That, yeah. Like, I mean, he, like, he I think do. Scott's down enough as like a human to like maybe entertain that. And he's been on okay. the show before. So okay. if, if anyone listening, who's like, no Scott, you can clip this part of the podcast and, and, and said <laughs> it. Um, yeah. I would love to do something where like, you know, because bands always deal with like punishers, like people just being like, what was it like when, you know, like they like just kind of come up to you <laughs> and they like corner you and they're like, what was it like when you guys did, when you recorded that album? Like that was, was that awesome? And they just like are so, like, what do you expect like, you to say? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. yes. And you're like, 
that's awesome like that i love that right and they're just like so awkward that they can't like it's like that's a character that people have done a million times but it's so funny like right now um stanley this has been like literally such a fun chat um last question that i always ask every guest is a favorite mosh related story to end on um could be wholesome gruesome uh happened to you you did it um or just randomly you heard it through the grapevine uh however you want to spin it is uh how we start to end the show yeah i've got a good one so i went to a show in cincinnati um and it was like it was a ceremony have heart blacklisted tour that met up with grave maker and someone else i thought i swear to god i saw first blood on that show but a friend of mine from cincinnati was like he first blood did not play that show but i know i've i swear to god it's like mandela effect i know that they played that show <laughs> so in my mind it was first blood blacklisted ceremony have heart and um convicted and grave make whatever great it's a huge show mm-hmm. and then the first band that played was grave maker and there's so many bands after that and the first band i'm like i go out to mosh or whatever i'm like <laughs> and then like this and then like some dude just hits me and like boing, 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 like hits me <laughs> like in the nose straight up like a cartoon and like boom right. and i just fall down on the ground and i wake up i'm like what the hell happened and like my friend wait like picks me up and moves me over to like this little railing i'm sitting there and i'm like just watching bands and I'm like, so I clearly got like, f- like fucking bonked. Like I got, you got bonked. Looney tuned for sure. Yeah. Like straight up like <laughs> Looney tunes cartoon, like type situation. And like, and I'm sitting there watching these bands and my friend comes back around. He's like, Holy shit. And he looks at me and like my nose had swelled up like this big because of like, it was just so broken and like so messed up that I looked like, I looked like a cartoon, like if a bee stung a cartoon character, like, <laughs> And I was like, I was in so much pain. Like my nose was broken and I yeah. had to like, but I was like, I can't miss all these bands. Like I yeah, have to watch that's, all these that's bands. That's like, that is the Baconator of stacked lineups. Yeah. yeah. So I wa- I stayed till the end, like broken nose, like on this railing and just like watching them. And then like, I remember driving home and like, I went home and my, I was like, mom, I need to go to the ER. Like I broke my nose. And she was like, well, you'll be fine. Just like wait until the morning. I'm like, all right. <laughs> uh, Tough it yeah. out. You've already spent all night, you know, with a broken nose. You can probably do another yeah. couple of hours. Um, well, Stanley, uh, th- again, super appreciative of, of your time. All your links to all your stuff uh, will be in the show notes in the description. Highly recommend everyone go support him. Uh, get some Mosh Retirement merch if those are still kicking uh, when you're listening to this. Uh, anything you want to plug, shout out, or end, um, or send the people off with before we end? Um. Hmm. I don't know. I think I've shouted out most of the things that I want to do. I guess I would shout out if you're in America, check out the DSA. Um, it's like a political organization that's like more for like, you know, like democratic socialist policies and whatnot, things that are more about community instead of like hardcore capitalism. So I like it. Uh, maybe check it out. Um, yeah, that's all I would have to say. Mm-hmm. And then you also mentioned the Dead Icons. Uh, re- yes. yes. I the Dead yeah. Icons reunion show is in November 19th uh, with Suffocate Faster in Lexington. So I'm obviously going to be playing. I'm going to be there. Um, and uh, it'll probably sell out. So if you want to get tickets, you can find them. Like I've been posting about it and stuff. Um, it'll be cool if you're around that area. Yeah. Well, you know, if uh, if 
my calculations are correct, I will do my darndest to make sure it's out. This episode is out, you know, beforehand, so we can give you a little bit of a plug. Um, dude, I I feel a selfish thing of this podcast is that I get to make all these new friends after these conversations, and I feel like I've I've made one. I'm a big fan of what you're doing and stoked for the future of what you're up to. And um, dude, I'm very stoked that you came on. We got to do this finally. Yeah, thanks, man, for asking me. I appreciate it.